You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and I probably should come up with a different intro at some point because I've been using the same for many years, but I just couldn't be fucked to be honest with you because you're not really here to listen to me. You're tuned in to listen to any one of the fabulous interview subjects that I've got prepared for you and in this instance, it is Troy Sanders from Mastodon and Killer Be Killed, and I'm going to put this band in there too as the reference because we do have a chat about it. Thin Lizzy. He's also the current bassist in Thin Lizzy as well. The reason for the conversation, though, the catalyst is Killer Be Killed's new album for 2020. It'll be out on the 20th of November, and it is called Reluctant Hero. So here he is, Troy Sanders, bass player extraordinaire. Oh, good day, Troy. Andy McKay-Smith calling for our chat. How are you going? Hey, I'm good. How's the? Uh, am, I, am I the first of your calls, or have you been? Uh, you chatted to a few of us already. Well, today you are the first of four. Uh huh. How, um, how the how the calls been going but, overall? It, great, man. I mean, uh, anytime people want to uh, speak to me or my bandmates about something that we're doing, you know, it's very, it's, it's very complimentary, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm always happy to, to want to talk to people that are interested in what we're doing. So I think it's great, you know, and, and it always piles on uh, the heaviest at the beginning of a, of a touring cycle or, or the, or, or preparing for an album's release. So uh, I'm always happy to do it, you know? I'm hearing you, yeah. And look, you you have been extremely productive in the last few years, to say the very least. I mean, this between your bands, mate, and uh, some of the work you've done with Thin Lizzy and uh, what's happening here with Killer Be Killed. Look, I've got to tell you, uh, I've heard uh, Deconstructing Self Destruction, the the song itself, and also Dream Gone Bad. I haven't got the album yet, so I've had to rely on those two. But look, I've got to say, on the evidence presented across those two cuts, as, as a thirty year long fan of heavy metal. Once you think you've heard it all, along come to bands such as you guys, and uh, you just sort of uh, expand the template just a little, you know. And uh, I, I, as I say, mate, as the, the band is notable because all of you, you know, you've achieved success in other bands. But I guess my question after all of that is, you know, with so many creative minds in the band, you know, there are no egos. I can tell that I'm a musician myself, so I can get when things are cohesive. But... How on earth do you not tread on each other's toes to produce such wonderfully inventive heavy metal? Very well, very well said. Um, thank you. No uh, I think it was initially when uh, when Greg Pachado and Max Cavalera had the idea to create this band. It was it was intended with the premise that it would act in the same way that we all joined our very first band when we were like sixteen years old meaning that we first and foremost enjoyed each other's friendship and had enough appreciation and respect for one another, not go into it with much pressure on our shoulders or uh, we wanted a stress-free environment that was, that resembled as much as possible to the very first band you were ever in jamming with friends, doing it for the right reasons, enjoying yourself and trying to create things that make you happy. You know, very simple. I think that is very much stayed intact uh, throughout the, the, our six-year existence, six or seven-year existence. Um, so knowing that it's, it, we're all encouraged to collaborate and to write and have input, 
Uh, there's no pressure on just one person to come up with the most of the riffs or the ideas of the song structures. There's not just one guy who's being pressured into writing a whole album worth of lyrics. A very, very teamwork uh, collaboration is what's going on. So um, thankfully, we all know how to not have an ego or an attitude in this band, because, again, it's not the main band that drives us for uh, for, for year-long tours and for the bulk of our livelihood and our income and things like that. So we've stuck to the idea that, hey, man, let's make this enjoyable and fun. Otherwise, we don't really need to leave our house to, get to do this uh, because we're fortunate to be very occupied with our, quote, main band, to, to, to not need to leave the house unless it's thoroughly enjoyable. So to answer your question, I think that it's just that mindset of uh, let's have some fun with this and 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 jam in a in a very stress free environment, you know, and, and the bottom line is being enjo- enjoyment. Mm, um, I can hear and, that. And fortunately, yeah. it worked. Yeah, with with the first album, we uh, we said, hey, you know, in theory, this sounds great. Let's give it a try. And also, uh, those guys were like, yeah, and me, uh, you know, and all three of us are going to contribute vocals to every song. Like, yeah, that sounds great. Um, mm-hmm. Just because you have three well-known or distinct voices in the world of heavy metal or, or heavy rock doesn't mean that it's going to be a guaranteed success when you're doing all three of those vocals within each and every song on the album. But we went for it on album number one. And listening back, as we were doing it, we realized like, hey, I think this is going to work. Thankfully, it did. Um, and we just kind of kept that formula for this record as well. Go in there. Let's write some stuff that we think is fun. As long as everyone else in the band enjoys it and likes it, feels good about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think when it's, I think the, the, the natural progression and the authenticity of what we're doing and why we're doing it and why we're doing it uh, is transparent to like you just mentioned and, and to hopefully other people. Like you don't have to love us, but uh, if, if you do dig it, um, I think I think it's pretty pure and, and, a, and a wholesome, fun rock band. Well, I think I think what you've done is you you've unlocked. I mean, you've you, with your various projects, you've done this very well anyway. But with Killer Be Killed specifically here, you haven't sacrificed any melody or heaviness, and we're getting to a point now where there's this beautiful blend between both. And you guys are a fantastic example of that same thing with the i've got to tell you mate to greg solo material uh child soldier creator of god that has just blown me away this year it's not that i didn't think he had cool. it in him but holy shit uh i, I first heard yeah. it and uh you know my comments here alone but i think he's everything chino which is that he could be you know what i'm saying it's it's he's just right got this thing going on at the moment uh, it's it's rare form, put it that way. If you you know to use a, a football terminology, and I think he's carried that over with your good self to what you guys are doing here. So, hey, you guys obviously, I, I don't imagine you live in the same city or even near each other. So how how do you get together and decide? Okay, this is the time we're now going to dedicate to Killer Be Killed. Yeah, that's a great question, man. And, and thankfully, everyone is is as determined um, as as I am to, to to keep this band going because. Hmm. Ben Kohler and Greg Pichardo live in Los Angeles. Max Cavalera lives in Phoenix, Arizona. I live on the Gulf of Mexico and Florida. So we're very, you know, we're, we're quite scattered across the United States. Um, but in order to make a band like this happen, we realized uh, and still do understand that we just need to live by the calendar. And we would every time we were together, we would before we would leave one another, we would look at our calendars and say and find the time whether it be three days, five days, seven days, whatever, 
that we all had off simultaneously. And then we would pencil in that kill or be killed sign. And sometimes that would be six, seven, eight, nine months away from the time that we were disbanding with what we were doing. So here's a rough timeline of what we did. We put an album out in 2014. We did our one and only brief travels across Australia for our only tour we ever did in 2015. Mm -hmm. We got together about once in 2016, once in 2017, once in 2018. We got together in 2019 and recorded the music. We got together earlier this year, 2020. We had about seven, eight, nine days to mm -hmm. write and uh, record all the vocals. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, that's about as close to the reality. We got together. It was nearly just once a year. Um, um, but that's cool. We knew it was going to take a long time. But uh, I, I've said this, I, I've been saying this a lot this week, is that once we finished those few shows during the sound wave 2015, there was never a question of, will there be another killer be killed? It was just a matter of when will there be another? So mm -hmm. because we knew it in our hearts that we were going to continue. Um, but this band ultimately took a back seat because Max is super busy with the Soulfly and, and Cavalera Conspiracy. Greg was still very busy doing Dillinger Escape Plan touring. I was, I'm very involved, fortunately, very busy with Mastodon. And Ben Kohler is super busy with Converge. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, I've recently counted 12 active bands that the four of us are in so it's 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 a wonderful issue yeah. to have when when we're just relying on the calendar to align before we could ever get together again so it's like it's this perseverance that all four of us share which is wonderful because if we truly had a weak link and there was someone that just didn't really want to do this it wouldn't happen yeah i'm hearing you well thank you to you all for keeping on doing it because i think we're at we're at a point <laughs> man where heavy metal is so relevant at the moment and there's just so many classic releases that this year, man, I've got to tell you, it's uh, it's been a, a real res. I hate using these terms, sorry, but you know, resurgence or what have you. But you know, the the new Benediction album uh, has just been fantastic. There's there's what you guys are doing here, Greg. As as I mentioned before, we're just entering into a, a period of time again where I just feel heavy metal is so so relevant and so and so vital. But I, I guess after making that point, is is you guys? I think the four of you have production credits in the past. So how did you? settle on who was going to produce the album and help you guys sort of make it uh, polish it and give it that gnarly sound that it's got well we worked with josh wilbur on our first album and that was like uh recorded in 2013 or 2014 um and we really enjoyed him as a person uh his attitude his energy his his perspective and his 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 capability of producing these wonderful sonic sounding records and since then he's done loads of records and has gotten much better um over the years um so we he was just the guy we wanted to work with we you know uh ben had never worked with him but but greg max and i were all in favor of working with, with josh again because it's like you know you find you find the, the right formula you know why you know the, the argument of you know don't fix it if it's if it's not broke don't fix it um we kind of knew who he, he was into he was interested in, in doing the record with us and we were interested with him so it was just a simple match and um, he just, he understands us uh, as people. Um, again, we will go out after all day long, like we'll go out to dinner with him. So we're not like, no one's sick of being with him in a room, you know, and yeah. uh, we just, we just enjoy his, his, his presence. And when he, when it comes to recording, uh, he's just, he's just very energetic. And uh, um, he's a great, 
I call him the fifth member of, of the band when we're in there working together because if we're at a standstill and two guys like this idea and two guys like that idea, usually he'll be the tiebreaker and he'll say, I like this idea because, and we'll say, hey, that's cool. I respect that. So he's all around good guy. And um, the record sounds just like we hoped it would. You know, Excellent. big and badass. Yeah. Yeah. Something else he's managed to do then, and something I've always admired about yourself because I'm a bass player is that you, another thing you unlocked was how to sing beautifully but perform these killer Bob Daisley-style bass lines that you've threaded throughout Mastodon and even here on Killer Be Killed, mate. So I guess it's, it might be a difficult question for you to ask, but I'll go there. Man, when did you work out that you could do that? Because you've got, it's, a rare, it's a rare skill that you do have. Thanks, man. Uh, it's, slowly, it's slowly just become a thing. Um, in the early days of Mastodon, nearly near 20 years ago, we actually had a singer, like the vocalist. Um, two months into our existence, I had booked a DIY tour up the States and into Canada and back. Um, well, right away, our singer uh, wasn't in a good headspace and he needed to back out of the band. Well, I had just done all this work to, to, to build this tour. Um, so we decided to go on it anyway, uh, just because we were a brand new band and nobody knew who we were anyway. Uh, so my guitar player, Brent and I, and master, we just started stepping up to the mic and slowly trying to find ways to, to bark, shout, do whatever to kind of fill the, the, the void of, of needing vocalists. Well, slowly, but surely over the, over 20 years, it's just that, that has just grown and grown and just practiced that a lot, toured a lot, mm-hmm. um, without the, with, whatever, without ever wanting to audition a singer or, or go through all that again. So it just very slowly and naturally became what it is. But it took like, it took like 10 years to realize that, um, you know, watching like vocal, watching live clips back of myself, I realized that, uh, that I was, you know, it's one thing to do it in a studio, but it's a different thing to do it live. And I realized that I was my, uh, you know, I, my weakest, uh, the, my weakest, uh, input with the band was definitely live vocals. So over the past 10 years, I've started to pay more attention and focus on that um, because we've always been players first, you know, and vocals have kind of taken the back seat as far as mm-hmm. how serious we take it. But over the past 10 years, I've started to take it more and more seriously, uh, preparing, trying to maintain a, a healthy uh, body and voice while we're touring. And uh, so it's taken me like 20 years to get to where I am. And I, I'm, I'm very confident now mm-hmm. in going out there and trying, you know, and doing the show and playing bass and doing vocals at the same time. But uh, it's taken me a long time, and I didn't, I didn't really take it seriously or think much of it until I just started seeing a bunch of YouTube clips, you know, 10 years ago and realizing that uh, I had a lot of work to do personally. So, Yeah, that's the beauty of this day and age, isn't it? I know it's, I know as a muser, sometimes uh, you think you've got it down pat, and then you look back at uh, video performances of yourself and you <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man, it's cringeworthy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah. You, Look, the, the other thing too is you, you, I think you've got a, a great relationship with Scotty in uh, Thin Lizzy and I had a chat to him a couple of years back uh, with Black Star Riders and, and I've got to say I, I admire him tremendously and uh, he's just such a nice fella and uh, I was reminiscing, I was it was the year of my birth, 1978, but they played on the, uh, Thin Lizzy played on the steps of the Sydney Opera House and it was so cool wow. to hear, get his feedback on that because he's so still in the moment and, and I... I draw so much inspiration from that, all performances really, but looking at him and they had 120,000 people or something like that, like people don't realise, and you've you wow. been through this too, Troy, like 
it's up to you to entertain that volume of people. There's down to four or five people on stage to sort of basically keep people happy and maybe potentially not saying it'll end up in a riot, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's your job to keep everybody entertained and happy and stuff. So mate, with, with the thin Lizzie stuff, is there, is, there, is that something that uh, like have yourself and Scott, have you got plans to continue that? Well, they have loose plans to continue. And um, last year doing those few shows within these, and Lizzie was, uh, you know, un- without a doubt, uh, one of the, you know, the, the, one of the top most special moments of my entire life. Uh, mm. You know, the word surreal. There's a, I want to use the word surreal, but but there's a, but there's but with a, like a stronger version of that word. Um, it was just incredible, unbelievable, and I couldn't believe that I would have had the opportunity to do that. When we were done with those shows, uh, Scott gave me a big hug and just thanked me so much and. Um, and he said, "When we kick, when we get the Thin Lizzy going back again, you know, I'd like you to be a part of it still, if you if you're interested." And I said, "Absolutely! I, I just you just you say the word, you know. This is this is wonderful. It's so beautiful." And uh, getting to know his perspective, um, and you're right, he's a very very humble, sweet, lovable, laughing guy. Just wants to have a good time. Yeah, he's an incredible person. And the way he was telling me how he likes to keep Thin Lizzy alive was very uh, very respectable and. Um, and, uh, if I could pull one moment to share with, with, with the few shows that I did with them last summer was I would sit back and, uh, like on stage watching thousands of people sing words or, you know, sing along with the band and just have a smile on their face for an entire hour. And, uh, with, you know, I know a lot of times people can, uh, can can question like you know hey without freddie mercury there's no queen without dave lombardo there's no slayer you know without you know phil line there's no thin lizzie etc etc um you're you're welcome to have those opinions but and you don't have to support the bands when they still go out and continue to tour mm-hmm. that's that's what you can do is just stay at home uh but for anyone that's ever questioning the motives of people why they want to continue a band when when the most notable figure is not with with them anymore uh, it became so clear and so obvious to me watching thousands of faces smile and sing and be happy and just loving life for the whole hour, hour and a half long set. That was more proof than anyone would ever need ever to uh, ever question anyone's uh, reason for carrying on an, an artistic uh, adventure or a band, anything along those lines. And uh, mm-hmm. and I remember telling Scott, I said, I, not even if I wasn't in the band, I encourage you to keep the band going more than just every few years doing some shows, you know, the, 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 the legend and the legacy of Thin Lizzy should be shared with people and people will come. They love to sing along with the band and uh, enjoy that live experience. So, man, it was just, it, the proof was beyond obvious and um, yeah, that's so awesome, damn man. cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see you can bring it down here actually when, once all this bloody COVID bullshit is done. Um, hopefully you're a part yeah. of that. That oh, it'd be just great, great to be in the crowd and and and, and watch some of that stuff. Because I, I, look, I, I I took me years as a as a bass player to sort of understand the, and I'm going to use the word genius of Phil Lynott. It truly did, but you yeah. know, it's an it's an enduring legacy. And and I think the fact that that you can and you're an ex, you're an extremely competent bassist and vocalist, as I've already mentioned. And uh, we, I mean, that's that's proof that people. That, that people want to hear it is that it attracts musicians like you, mate. And exactly like what you're saying, I've played some Thin Lizzy stuff and, man, it's just in my covers bands. And, man, I just see people react differently. It's a bit like the Eagles stuff too, man. People just react. They stop what they're doing. So they stop looking at their bloody yeah. phones. 
and they stare and then they just sort of get to the chorus and then they might, you know, put their arm around somebody. You know, you know what I mean? It has that powerful yeah. effect. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's magical. And that's 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 the proof of, of the magic of music on moments like that, you know. Mm, indeed, yeah. Yeah. Mate, I better I better let you go to the next one. So look, uh before I do though, uh look, congratulations first and foremost on the album, but Mate, just in general, man, I mean, you're representing us bass players so beautifully up there on stage and what you're doing here with Killer Be Killed, Mastodon and Thin Lizzy, mate, just please keep on doing what you're doing because I've said this a few times in the last few weeks, man, you're speaking to so many, and I'm going to use the word, legends, here we go, because, mate, what you're doing is is extremely important, man. It gives people out there, uh, you know, it makes us a bit happier during these fairly strange times. That's awesome. I I have no intention but to keep moving forward and, trying to please myself in, 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 a, in an environment and with a platform that's able to connect with people all over the world. It's, it's an incredible. I'm so glad I made this choice in life, you know, to be able to, to talk to people like you and have this share the same understanding of, of, uh, of music and culture and appreciation. It's pretty, it's, it's, it's great. It's amazing. So thank you. Thanks mate. Beautiful. All right. Well, uh, hopefully we can, uh, we see you down here soon, but, uh, God bless otherwise mate. And, uh, good luck with everything. Cheers. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks, Troy. Cheers. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Okay, Malakas, that's it. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series of syndicates for the A-List Online. That interview subject was bass player and singer extraordinaire. I should have said singer in the intro. I just said bass player, but the man can certainly sing. Troy Sanders is his name. He's from Mastodon and Killer Be Killed. Thanks for tuning in.